Yo, it's myself, Oliver Payne, and this is the... <laughs> I forgot what episode it is. Episode 4 of my podcast, Talking Me. Today, I've got a very special guest. State your name. Soaps. Christian Soaps. So, I don't even know how to introduce you in it because you're a man of many talents. So, you're going to have to pattern that yourself. Stuff. All I can really say is I'm a street feeder, you know, community worker. That's all I can really say. Put it in a nutshell there still. So you do quite a lot of things. You, you do music photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, artist management. Um, you throw in a couple of events here and there. Um, first thing I want to ask you, where are you from originally? I'm from South East London. Yeah, um, right by the river. Yeah, when well, what brought you over to Birmingham? Uh, uni, you know. And I started like bunking a few lessons, going out into the streets. And you know what Birmingham is like? I met one person and I met another. And then, yeah, Birmingham just opened its arms out to me, really. It's quite funny that you say that actually, because that, that actually ties in with the next thing that I wanted to say. In that. So did you find that to network in Birmingham and to meet new people was quite easy? I think it was easy for me because I, went, I wasn't from Birmingham, so I had no ties to like affiliations or whatnot. So um, as I was growing, I wasn't good before, but as I was growing and then just me being myself, people felt the need not felt the need to introduce me but they felt like they could introduce me to other people yeah and like, i could go around different areas without having any problems like, oh i swear he's from these sides or he's messing with these people yeah it just gets a bit long then and it, it does, does get a bit long does, um in regards to the creative because how long have you been in well in and out of birmingham now for say about four years four years and do you feel that the birmingham creative industry is better well not necessarily better but different to the one that is existing in london yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I always ask people that question because a lot of people, um, I've mentioned it in previous podcasts and I've had conversations with many people. Um, and many people do like to state that, you know, Birmingham is a very difficult place for the creative industry. Um, people don't look after each other. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. that something that you found? No, I don't even look at it like that. I look at it the other way, like the glass half full. Um, I feel like there's a lot of room and space for people to manoeuvre. And... Um, I've pointed out a couple of things for people to actually do for themselves that I've not. It's not just people in London, but people that are a bit higher up in, let's say, the music, let's say, pop stars and whatnot, what they've done. Like, even sending, like, little photos of themselves, signing to fans. People, not just in here in Brown, but in London, think, oh, no, that's just for superstars. When, I, when people have done it, it's actually made... They've seen dividends and returns from their supporters. Yeah, that's it, that's it. So, um, obviously, you came to Birmingham. How long ago did you start managing... Um, you manage an artist called Rems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long ago did you start managing Rems? Um, from from last year actually, just over a year. And how did that come about? You know what it is, yeah. Even though it looks like I just come on the scene, I knew about Rems from like twenty fourteen, like four years ago. It was really four years ago. So then. Because I met him, I think I don't, I don't remember how old he was then. Actually, I kind of can do the math now, but he. How was, old is he now? Can you? Uh, no, no, because we've got a surprise come for his birthday next month. I'm not going to say his age like that. I don't yeah, know say no more, say no more. I don't more. know if we're going to say his age on his birthday thing, but, um, yeah, he's, he's he's a good age. That's all I can say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was still young coming up, and that was just before I started the Subway series. So when I did my first Subway CD, because I had links like Birmingham, Luton, Nottingham, Leicester, all over the country, I, w- I made a CD and it was running around all the country, like giving it to future superstars as well as other people. Like Nave Smalls was there, I gave him one, and they're still coming up. Um, what else happened? So then I was reaching out to Ives, and he reached out to me with a so- couple songs, and there was one song in particular that I liked, 
I put it on Subway 1.5, it was the last song on the CD and I got so many messages about that one particular song because it's that half kind of sings, that kind of style. Yeah. So I passed on the message to him and I was showing him screenshots from people and said, yo, people are really messaging you like this, you should carry on that style. And then we kind of stopped talking, but he did that style more often and then people really appreciated it and he, he's down around with it. And that's kind of just escalating into, I mean, did you offer to manage him or was it just kind of like a mutual... It started happening, the next thing you know. Yo, it was a mad thing, you know, because I didn't even want to manage him. So, <laughs> I, even, I went in, Apparently, I told Leon at Crown that I did want to manage him, but I can't remember saying that. I might have been mm-hmm. But I Man said, like Leon, you. Leon knows me a lot well. But um, I just come to him. He must have said something on tour. They had bare songs. He wanted to release them. And then, obviously, because I already had spoken to him before about music and obviously helped him with a bit in his career. I said, yo, fam, let me show you how to, like, see money for music. Like, there's no point putting your tickets at SoundCloud all the time. It's Spotify, type, you know what I mean? Apple Music, yeah. let me show you how to put it on. And then from there, he just said, so, yeah, you're my manager, yeah? I'm like, fam, I like, don't know, fam. Like, I just, <laughs> I just want to show you how to make money. But then he just eased into it from there. And what is your favourite song of his so far? Um, on my own, because of that half-singing style, which people really gravitated towards in the And that, that's the song that originally... That you're on a bit from the CD. No, 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 no. That's a different one. That's a different one. I even lost that song, but it's gonna come out a couple months somehow. Rems is still got it. Um, so quite a lot of people um associate yourself with your music, and that's I was saying this to the just before the podcast that that's more so maybe a perception that what people will get off social media. Um, you've said quite a few things about drill music, and you know quite a few people. Well, not quite a few people, but you know yeah. people in the um in the drill scene. Um, is that your favourite genre of music? No, it's not my favourite genre. It's just the thing that I just did a drill takeover bump from radio and I had like four acts, four different groups come down and then people think it's my favourite genre. I, I don't blame them, but it's, it's a bit. It's not my favourite at all. So what is your favourite? I prefer trap. I prefer like 80s at the moment and listen to a lot of old school music and New Jack Swing and R&B. So what kind of artists in particular would you, would you bump on a daily? On a daily? Um... Oh, the crash is 410. That's what I do mm-hmm. bump. And I do bump like uh, Michael Jackson sometimes, um, Madonna. But that's a bit of that's various though. I went from 410 to Michael Jackson real quick. Yeah, it's just, a, it's, uh, it's just one of them. It's just backing one up of them. the playlist though. The playlist. Obviously, a lot of UK, Rose, mm-hmm. Chip. Do you listen to your like American American music? Not as much. I did a couple of years ago. That that piff kept me going. Like I used to listen to a lot of Atlanta music. Strong. I was yeah. really messing with that trap sound from Atlanta. So, so before me, because just before they blew up, that was my scene. I feel like that's healthy though, when when you're heavily involved in the music industry, to have a variety of different tastes in music, and mm-hmm. you're able to have an appreciation for different sounds because there's a lot of people who will instantly um shut down someone's sound or shut down a song. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not their preference, but I feel like when you, when you've got an appreciation for music in general, and um, you've had the experience of listening to to different genres, you're able to kind of accept change if yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who um, who don't accept change now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, back onto drill music. How do you feel about the media coverage that has been on drill music in correlation to to violence? Um, I feel like it doesn't provide the full picture because there's multiple factors into why there's crime and violence in, let's say, impoverished areas in the country. Like, for example, number of police being cut down by 10,000. Do you know what I mean? Dead mm-hmm. people not really talking about that. 
um, the crime rate, like murders and stabbings, are a lot higher in Boris Johnson's days than what's going on now. But the media are not talking about that. And some of the murders that have been added to the, let's say, the London murders in the capital are completely unrelated. Like someone passed away that was 78, someone got assaulted in their own house that was 78 years old. I don't think people that listen to Joe are going to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you think they're just using it as kind of like, um as an excuse, essentially? Yeah, as an excuse. It's like a new form of ism. So like there was communism, terrorism, just a new one, really. It is violent. I can't say it's not yeah. violent. So do you think it has an influence? Like, you know what it is, I think the, the influence between the people that are talking, like, drawing each other out, that's where the influence is. But if you're saying random Jim and Johnny down the road who like to put on YouTube and put a link up TV, I don't think it's going to influence them. And anyone that's influenced to sub because someone said that they have a problem with someone, so they're going to go out and attack someone else. I, I think they just had it in the heart to do it. They're just looking to use that as a, as a propeller. Yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. I mean? um, obviously, you put on a show the other week... Um, and I had various artists under. Um, how did that go? First of all, I haven't seen you since then. Um, first of all, uh, we got first we got a very good turnout. We got a very good turnout. Um, we raised just under hundred pound for the charity, which was two hundred people put their name down for free guest list. So the fact they raised that really blew my mind. Um, there's a couple technicals, a couple of mad technicals, but it was a good learning experience, and definitely want to do more. Was that your first event? Yeah, first ever one. Yeah, so it's all a learning experience anyway. You can never expect yeah, yeah. it to go perfect first time, but mm. as you say, you've just got to bounce back from whatever happened. You know, yeah. next time that it happens, in it. Um, Gengdo and AM performed. Yeah, Gengdo um, couldn't come down, but AM still performed. AM performed. What kind of relationship do you have with them? Because I see their name about with yours quite often on your, through your Instagram. Um, yeah, I know these these guys are deep in the music, really deep in the music. So a lot of people think as well that I support Drew. To be honest, it's only them I support and the people around them. I don't really support Drew in general. Anything I could do to help them, I will help them. And I'll do that off my own back. Now, in regards to the Drew scene, I do listen to Skengdo and AM. I don't listen yeah. to Drew music quite a lot because yeah, it can yeah, yeah. become quite repetitive. I think there's it's a very saturated scene at the moment. Yeah, um, there's I a lot of people so. who have jumped on it because it's um, what was popping and people were getting yeah, views yeah. from it. Um, I do listen to Skengdo and AM though. Um, I think they bring something different to the table. Even down to the videos. What? Vi oh, I'm trying to think what the name of it was. They went to Vegas or something. Yeah, I know the one. I know the one. Hard? Yeah. And the tune was hard. And they've set levels with the video. A man went to Vegas and still wore a big, big puffer jacket. And man still desert. wore around <laughs> in a ballet. Like, yeah. to walk around in the States wearing a ballet is... That's really, really mad, fam. So I, I rate them. Um, I think there needs to be more people like them who are trying to pioneer mm. the, the scene that they're involved. Um... How do you think drill artists, but not even drill artists, any artists choosing a saturated market such as that can stand out? Um, this, first of all, just down to Brandon. So, Scangland AM, obviously no bias, like, that's not a bias statement I'm going to make, but because they've actually shot videos abroad, so they've been to Germany, they've been to Paris, they've been to um, Vegas, they've been elsewhere, other videos are going to come out as well later in the year. They've actually tried to do something different. A lot of people just shooting videos on their block. Every single mm -hmm. video is on the block. Every there's so many different angles, like match of the day. I know yeah, the block yeah. from so many different angles. I've even been to some of these things. <laughs> but um what I think is if branding wise, to stand out, just be more of a person. I think that's just be more of a person, like relate more to your audience, so like actually talking. Because a lot of these artists, someone popped me up and said, How come like I can only 
how can I find out more about certain artists without actually following them on the gram or looking on link up? And that's mm. the only way we catch these people unless you know them from road. There's no interview, not even interviews, you know, not not even like them talking about the music. Nothing. Yeah. It's just I got another bank. I check it. That's I think it. I think with drill music, there's a there's a fine line between people who are really trying to make music mm. and people who are just they're making music because they kind of want to here yeah. and there, and then they're getting views. And I think the people who you know they're really trying to bust from music and they're really trying to make it out mm. of where they are. Um, I think they're the people who will probably be a bit more open into doing interviews and things. What I did want to ask though is in this current era of music, obviously we're in the era of in, of the internet. Yeah, yeah. Would you say it's easier or more difficult to bust now? Yeah, it's easier. If it's an oversaturated market, it's easier. As long as you come with something different and you make sure that that difference that you're bringing is brought to a lot of people's awareness or even just some people's awareness, then you'll bust. That's what I reckon. Yeah, I know that seemed like quite an obvious question in it because, of course, to a lot of people, it may seem easier to to get a larger amount of views mm-hmm. through the internet because your song can get shared to the whole world now yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the platform that we've been given. Um, for me, that's very down to how you view busting. Yeah, how do you view busting? Because you wrote the, wrote the question. All right, so... I don't know, for me, it's about having longevity behind your work and being able to leave a legacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, being able to... I don't know, bossing is very personal for everybody. Yeah, For me yeah. to be saying I'm boss, I'm going to be... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, but to me, um, for me to be able to say that I've boss, I'd have to be financially nice, mm-hmm. um, happy with where I am. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. ticked off every box that I needed to tick um, and achieved every goal that I needed to achieve. Um, obviously, that's personal to everybody. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But obviously, a lot of people can... There's people out there getting a million views and people are saying, oh, you're the bus. To me, that's not busting because... No, not yet. Yeah, you've got a million views, but you can be forgotten by next week. Like, the amount of people who have jumped on GRM doing Afro Swing, um, you know, and I, can't, I couldn't name half of them. I hate that genre, by the way, but go on. That, that's a separate topic because we both hate, I feel I feel like we share a hatred for that genre. So, I mean, we, man can talk for the next half an hour about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's very, I think it's very dependent on how you view Boston because, yes, it may be easier to get the million views, but does it make it easier to to have that longevity behind you? Because, yes, you're getting a million views, but somebody else can get a million views mm-hmm. and then somebody else can get a million views. So, although it may initially be easier to get that, mm-hmm. it's just as easy to lose that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's how I would view that as. Um, what I also think is that I was saying to this before is that there's a lot of talent in the world because yeah, yeah. I started artist managing as well um, earlier this year um, before that I didn't really have like a massive um, involvement in the music industry and one thing that I've learned is that there's a hell of a lot of talented artists mm-hmm. out there um, many of which that I've looked at and I've said yo they've got the talent to be able to bust mm-hmm. and to be able to make a big difference in the music industry but what I've learned is that there's so much talent, but there's only a select few who will actually make it. And that's not because they're the most talented. That's because they've marketed themselves in the best way. Mm-hmm. And because they've they've had a structure behind what they've done. And one thing I've learned this year from 2018 is to not work harder, but to work smarter. Everything that I've mm-hmm. done has to have like a structure behind it and a motive behind it. Like um, there's a man who will just release music on SoundCloud for the sake of releasing music. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that oh if I push this out then it'll reach someone eventually that's not always the case yeah, I feel yeah, like you've yeah. got to move a lot more strategic nowadays 100%. Um, yes you can just drop a video and it can get a million but as I say that that million doesn't mean anything anymore um, so it's a bit 
How do you keep that longevity behind you? How would you view that? Um, in terms of the, the essentialness of marketing yourself properly. Yeah. I think what you're going about the select few, I think if more people knew how to market themselves than more people bust, but same way, like let's say a postman now, he's talented at singing, but no one knows he sings. Mm-hmm. Can he blame the world for not busting if, he, if no one knows he's a good singer? No, he can blame himself. There we go. So I just think it just goes down to awareness. Like you're saying, strategy. If, let's say, someone gets a million views tomorrow, which does happen, they don't know what's going on. Some of them don't even like, know how to perform. They get picked up. They come to a big stage panicking. They haven't had that groundwork. Artist development sometimes gets cut out of the equation because some people see million views and say, oh, shit, listen, he's a star. Let's sign him, put money behind him. But he doesn't actually... He just made that song as a joke. You know what I mean? That's Afro swing in a nutshell to me. Sometimes rappers or but mostly Afro swing. In, in a nutshell, I feel like, this, as I say, the scene's so saturated, so saturated with a, a lot of people who aren't interested in music. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of YouTube stars, for instance, um, who got a million views just because... They can get a million views, you get yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. And they like I couldn't even name them now because as I said then they've got no relevance behind mm. behind what they did. Um but I feel like that as a genre um is slowly dying out. Um rightfully so yeah, in I'm my glad, opinion. Rightfully so. As I say, I can't knock anybody who's been doing it from the start because and every, each to their own in it, people always have their own ways of trying to achieve their goals. Would you say Jay Huss is a full swing artist? Or is he better than a full swing though? What do you mean better than Afro Swing? As in, he's better than Afro Swing. That's all I'm gonna say, in my opinion. When I look at common sense, he's not Afro Swing artist. He's a step above. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you can say you're a step above a genre because it's a genre, isn't it? Like you can be the best of that genre, but you can't better than the genre. It's a genre at the end of the day. Okay, yeah, I can't I say it's better than that. Yeah, genre. I mean, but like I feel like he now. he pioneered that scene, and if you tell me, okay, who are the best Afro Swing or most successful Afro Swing artists out there? Um, Jay Huss is one of them. Mm-hmm. Notes. Yeah. But a lot of people said that Notes copied Jay Huss. I remember those days. So that's interesting that is because, and then Notes ended up paving his own lane. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I'd, I could, I'd struggle, you know, as to who actually. Kojo Funds. Yeah, Kojo Funds, that's fair. Yeah, Kojo Funds. Um, apart from that, it's, it's a struggle for me to say who actually pioneered that scene. I'm going to say Timbo. Me personally, that's a South London bias though, because he was like one of the real, real first Afro swing eyes to the point where people were laughing at him when he yeah. came with that kind of sound, and then he started getting millions of views with Sneak Bowl just before JRS came along. But I feel like that's what's important as an artist though, is to be that guy who's trying to be the J Huss, to be the notes, to be the guy who set that scene alight. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the guy who jumped on it because J Huss. Did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be the Jay Huss of your own scene, you get me? And true say, I feel sorry for some people because they, they genuinely do have a love for Afro Swing and they genuinely have been on it from... That is true though. So, yeah, some of these new kids, they just they don't sound like they love anything. Nah, nah, they're, they're just on it for a joke. The they're just on there for clothing. <laughs> but obviously there is some people out there who, who have had a genuine love for Afro Swing and would love to jump on it. But for them, no, because the scene's been tainted... Mm. Um, it's a bit of a shame that they can't do that with it having a bit of a backlash and people like ourselves saying, oh, yo, they're just jumping on it because... You know what? You know, if they're good and they make themselves stand out, like B Young's thing, I like B Young or 7 Yeah, that's yeah, what I like. Yeah. But I'm not going to say I like all the, I don't like the whole genre, but there's one or two songs that can float to the I mean, I couldn't bump to it, personally, but I can have an appreciation for people who have done it um, 
you've done it properly. Mm. I think that's the key word is properly because there's people who are doing it and then there's people who are doing it how it should be done. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah, makes yeah. sense. I get yeah. Um But yeah, what kind of aspects do you think contribute towards an artist and then marketing yourself? Obviously we both do photography, um mm. different lanes of photography, but as a photographer I feel like you kind of have an understanding of how important yeah, good pictures quality, are friend. Yeah, good quality photographs. Yeah. You can see it like Rems, you're not gonna really see any phone photographs on his Insta. Definitely invest in a good photographer to capture you in the best angles, the best lights, no pun intended. <laughs> um, I thought that's very important. And there's also logos as well. If you have a little logo, a little saying, visual branding, but also just the actual physical branding. So like how you dress, how you look, even little things like down to your hair and um maybe there's a certain way you like to have your videos just the, and the message who you are that's what it's about because that's a deep one like that the whole serena williams and just do it you seen that um nike ad no 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 just need to check it out like the one of the best adverts i've seen this year nike weren't selling anything but their brand there's no shoes on sale there's no tops and no tracksuits the brand is just do it it's never changed it's been consistent from decades ago and it's one of the best adverts I've seen this year. I'm going to show you after, though. But I think you, you basically ticked every box there in regards to what an artist needs to cover. Um, obviously, as you... For me, um, going back to we live in the era of the internet, everything's about social media. Yeah, That's yeah, how you're going to reach out to new people and to a larger audience. Um, everything on social media is about perception. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you actually are, what you actually do. It's about what people think you are and about what you do. And that pains me to say it because it's a very kind of fake lifestyle that people live and it's a very fake society that people live in because it's all about assumptions and it is all about perception. But um, the game's the game though, and you got to learn yeah, to play 100%. it. Um, and I think if people can go onto your Instagram and they're seeing the high-quality pictures, but, uh, book us both, by the way. Yeah, book yeah, us yeah, both yeah, for, uh, yeah. for your artists. We're trying to plug us up for jobs it's there. True, but, um, no discount code stuff. Yeah, 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 definitely not for them. But um, if you're going on an artist page and you're seeing these high-quality pictures, you're instantly thinking that they're someone important. And they take themselves serious. Exactly, fam. Like, if you've got a photographer following you around and... Or looking like he's following you around, mm-hmm. um, taking these high quality pictures of you just doing everyday stuff, even at studio, then people are going to look at your page and they're going to be thinking, who's my man? Mm-hmm. Like, why haven't I seen him before? Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. looks important. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and that's when you start to engage a lot of people. If I'm going onto a man's page and he's just got straight form pictures, I'm instantly thinking he's just another, he's just another brother, basically. Mm-hmm. So I've I've lost interest from there. Same way with videos, you need the high quality videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clothes. If, blood, I've seen people come up to music videos dressing like a shambles, fam. Even at shows. <laughs> makes sense. It's one of those, fam. Obviously, people's situations are, are different in it, and I'm not one to judge about what clothes men are wearing, blah, blah, blah. Like, at least but, iron, though. <laughs> you're oh. not wrong. You're not wrong, yeah. fam. It's, it, it's, it's one of those, fam. You've got to make the best out of the situation you're in and prioritise what's going to make you come across as um as that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially. But, um... Yo, I'm going to have to wrap this up now. No but worries. yo, it's been a pleasure though. As I say, I'm always trying to get people on a part two as well. So this is like a little introductory thing. Man know who you are. So next time you're on, I'm going to get an active stuff. 100%. Hopefully, we won't have to talk about Afro Swing again by the time you're next on. Hopefully it's dead out. But Hopefully there's a new thing for us to touch on. It'll be trap. Trap will be back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. But yo, plug yourself up though. Definitely. Christian, S-O-O-B-Z on all socials don't add my facebook please 
I'm open with <laughs> DMs because people do it, you know, like they'll get the seed and still try to add me. I'm trying to cut it down. Yeah, um, that's funny. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's it. I don't air my DMs as well. So definitely DM on Insta. I do answer them unless it's some bullshit, like shout out for shout out. Yo, trust me, so this has been one of the most helpful people to me since I've started um, being involved in the music industry. Appreciate I'm very that. appreciative of it, fam. Um, but yeah, you're definitely like um, an arms open kind of guy in it. So yeah, anybody who ever, hopefully this will help a few people as well listening um, to 100%. kind of, yeah, just anybody who's involved in the music industry or any creative industry, as I say, whenever you talk about a certain topic point in the creative industry, it can always be applied elsewhere. Yeah, so although we're talking about music, if you've got a clothing line, it's going to apply to you. Bakery. You do photography, yeah. bakery. Yeah. Selling cakes. You sell cakes, fam. I've seen better people selling cakes though, you know. People are doing bits with the cake thing still. They need to put me on still. If anybody wants to sponsor me with cakes, get at me. But yo, this has been Oliver Payne um, at Ali underscore TWM. Um, episode four. Thank you for listening. Safe.